This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. Not forget the, the holiday special and the Ewok movies. They want to bitch about the, gar- <laughs> the alleged garbage we're getting. Let's not forget the Ewok specials. Yeah. Those Ewok specials and the holiday special, you guys got, have you forgotten that? I mean, I'm still trying to figure out who the fuck Sindel is. Like, who? <laughs> wow, that's a, that, that was a, that was a pull from the vault. Was that, was that her name? Yeah, it was. Sindel. I don't know how, that's like muscle memory, Dave. <laughs> that should show everyone I'm a true Star Wars fan. The fact that I can just think Ewok special, boom, Sindel. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that suddenly Wicket could speak English. Yeah, that, that's the thing that baffled me. It was like, how do you explain that? <laughs> Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host for today, and I'm in the studio with David Sabal. Hello, David. Hello there. All right, we also have a very special guest today, Sam Angus. Hello, Sam. I'm special. You are special. <laughs> very special. So I have a question for you really quick. Yes. Listen to your intro. You yeah. The medical droid. Mm-hmm. Why do medical droids only exist in a frame that looks like a terrifying serial killer <laughs> you know, or an adorable booba? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam Angus, everybody. <laughs> what an entrance. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have a third person swimming in the back to tank today with us. That's right. We swim nude, Sam. So don't. Uh, There's like three tips. Oh, <laughs> no, no docking, though. No. I, I promise there'll be no docking. Like space docking. There's no different. tractor beams here. No tractor beams. Well, maybe tractor beams. Get a good suction going. Anything's, <laughs> anything's possible, David. Anything is possible. At least they got that fancy mask. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have a lot of things to get through today. As I mentioned, Sam's a special guest today because he is here to kind of school us a bit on Star Wars Games. He's going to be coming, going throughout the next few months. Today, we're going to get into a game that has been around for a couple years now, and it's titled Star Wars Destiny. Uh, it's a form of uh, a deck building game with dice. We'll get into the ins and outs. Um, as I had promised three, four months ago, we were going to be adding some additional things to our our um, repertoire. Our repertoire. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Why not bring in some new topics uh, like? The games, which are very fun. Oh, yeah. The board absolutely. games. We're not talking about video games. The video games have been really uh, 
hit or miss. Yeah. <laughs> well, have we really even gotten a lot of video games? We've gotten Battlefront, and that I don't think I need to start the show on a negative. David. Yeah, don't start on a negative. Remember, I tried to actually sway you by saying that hey, there's good mobile games yeah. out there. There are some hey, good mobile games. Battlefront Two helps the background fluff. <laughs> background, yes. Yeah. Sam's, yeah. Story Sam, not so much, but Sam doesn't know how to make things better. He's like. <laughs> He actually uses the word fluff, which is part of the problem. <laughs> okay, so to be fair, I'm normally the guy who tears things apart, so I'm trying yeah. to be nice to Battlefront. Yeah. Mostly because I like the main character. Aiden Versio? Oh, yeah. Oh, she's great. She's Aiden's fantastic. Yeah. I love the campaign mode. A lot of yeah. people bitched about the campaign mode on Battlefront 2. I, I just I wanted to be an evil Imperial longer. Yeah. I, you know what? That was my problem, too, because it wasn't even halfway through. It was no, almost it was like immediate. immediate. And they, they sold the game on, you can play as an Imperial. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and sudden, a mission. And all of a sudden, by like chapter two, she's already, I see the evil of the Empire. <laughs> that was one of the problems I had. How did you get to special forces? <laughs> exactly, Sam. That was one of my problems. Like suddenly. Also, why do special forces have less armor? <laughs> but my, my problem was that. It was like, hey, you're just now, you've been on board. You're in special forces, and you're just now understanding the atrocities of the Empire? Come oh, on. Dude, it's even worse for me because I wrote, I read the book, and the squad is horrible. They do yeah. horrible things, and I'm like, going, Aiden, you, you just realized this now? Yeah, all right. I, I said we weren't going to get negative. So let's all of us calm down. Let's dunk ourselves under the water a bit, the back to water. Put, no, no, put us in the back to suits now. All right. So some things to get through. Star Wars Resistance extended promo has premiered a couple days ago, as of a couple days ago, and I have to say, David, that I am way more excited for Star Wars Resistance. Yes, I am. I feel as better well. because, as you know, Dave, I was very <laughs> bewildered by the first trailer. You mean you, the yelling the, the, the and the falling? I don't understand what they were trying to do with that trailer, knowing that their fan base is far more than just children, why they would come out with such a silly trailer which okay star wars is silly i get it it's goofy at times but also give us something of uh of of importance in that trailer show us something give us a reason why we should watch that because i remember when the preview came out for clone wars i was fucking excited yeah. when the preview for star wars rebels came out i was fucking excited especially when they gave us the screening we got to see it a month early because of press and we had to hold our tongue for nearly a month before we can actually talk about it. Yeah. And then Star Wars Resistance comes on the scene and you're just left scratching your head wondering what they were attempting to do. So with the re-release of this extended trailer, it's essentially the same trailer for the first half. Then they add a bunch of additional things. Yeah. It's now it, with all that with all that extra content, it's basically made it more. You have more context. You have no. You have more context with what was going on. Context. That's the context. key word right there, Dave. I agree one hundred percent because you weren't really sure what the story was. You just saw a bunch of uh, idiotic antics happening in the trailer. It was. It yeah. was like we were watching a Three Stooges trailer and not really watching anything pertaining to Star Wars. So they obviously felt the pain of many people. There was. A, there were people complaining who aren't usually toxic. We aren't toxic. We are fans that love Star Wars. And if we're complaining so adamantly and passionately about something, chances are there's a problem with your marketing. And luckily, the powers that be decided to put together another trailer that made it look a lot more interesting. They showed us and they contrasted the resistance with the 
First Order, showing us that there will be some skirmishes there. I mean, there has to be. We're leading into what, six? This is six months prior to The Force Awakens, correct, yes, Dave? It is six months prior to yeah. The Force Awakens. So we should be seeing a bunch of cool things leading up to those moments. And you got to remember at this time, what, what's happening in the galaxy? You have. Uh, the need for the resistance that we still don't quite know because the movies themselves haven't really made no. it clear. We have that. We have the fact that Kylo Ren is is gallivanting across the galaxy with his Knights of Ren. He's working for Snoke. These are things that have got to be brought to the attention. If you're dealing with a story, you're dealing with a story that takes place six months prior to the events of our new trilogy. There is a lot of expectations on this, not in terms of what I want as a fan, but what I feel you need to uh, you need to tell the fans. There needs to be that solid story that's going to allow us as listeners or I should say audiences to really sink our teeth in the story and get and get emotionally invested. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why one of the things I, I, I definitely feel now seeing the trailer, it gives you a better idea of what's to come so i mean like now my expectations are now more, more higher formed yeah, yeah more higher and more yeah. formed which because could like, be which, which, which might be a little scary as well if our expectations have now risen that also might set us up to have a little bit more disappointment possibly yeah so sam what about you how did you feel when you first saw the star wars resistance trailer i Were just you- watched it without any sound um <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. <laughs> because so, because uh, that guy's voice was fucking annoying. So watching without sound and only seeing the the pretty colors. The first half of the trailer looks like a trailer for an iPhone Star Wars racing game. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which, if there's pod racing in this show, th- there'd better be either pod racing or um, was it skiff racing from yeah. the old Republic? Because yeah. this is just a racing show. Yeah. Then the second half happens. It's like, okay, there's First Order. There's Phasma, which is cool. I liked her, even though she's apparently like super self-serving, which makes me like her even more. Um. Yeah, it's. Do you have Do you have expectations, or have you learned? Are you one of those Star Wars fans that has learned to say, you know, I mean, the first season of Clone Wars was garbage. I that's see doesn't Sam belong here, David? Because that's exactly what we've said. We've said Clone Wars was very. Rough for rough. the first season. For the first season. Very rough. Yeah, it's hard it was to get into. Super funny, super kid friendly, and all of a sudden it's like, uh, eh, it's just be about space Vietnam now. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean there's there's a there's a contrast in the trailer, like you mentioned, Mally. There's even the colors shift. It's like, oh, the first horror shift, and that's all dark and brooding and yeah. evil looking. Um so I'm guessing the first three or four episodes are gonna be these hooligans running around being awesome pilots. Right. And then the first door is going to do something evil. And then they're going to, oh, we have to go stop them. Yay. I don't expect there to be much more information on the actual politics involved in this whole mess. Yeah. You don't? No. No. Not off of that trailer. I could be wrong, but it looks like a band of hooligans shooting bad guys. Yeah. I'm guessing the same thing as Sam, just by seeing it. But then knowing knowing how like Star Wars animation is gone, you're going to get this like okay, we're going to set up the characters, we're going to do it in a silly way, but then you're going to tail off and suddenly it's going to get, like, the story is going to actually come out and be more dark, more serious. Right, you're probably right. Like, I hated Ezra. 
with a fiery passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he was super did. cool. Yeah. And then he was super cool. Same with Ahsoka. So if they can do the same thing with the characters in this. <laughs> They've done then... it perfectly for this new pilot. I think it's, his name is, uh, oh, I forgot what his name is, Mike. The the main character. Zakuda. Akuda. Zakuda. I think it's Zakuda, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat of the trailer, I'm like, going, I don't like Zakuda. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> yeah. see. We'll see. I'll watch it. I mean. I like Star Wars things. If there's a Star Wars show to watch, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's that's, just what that's pretty I much how we are, too. I yeah. mean, we're going to watch it. And I'm sure because Dave Filoni is in charge, as we have said, Dave, obviously, he's not the showrunner. He's not involved in the day to day operations like he has been with Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. He's probably fast at work with the return of the Clone Wars uh, that happens. Yeah. What? 2019. 2019. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's he's working passionately on that project but he is still an executive producer he's still being he's still on the red carpet for all the promotional campaigns for star wars resistance so he is involved yeah especially so, with his people and, and the and, people and, that he's with justin ridge is yeah is his i guess you could say justin ridge is his well i don't know if justin ridge is actually or, involved in this one i don't know i mean he is he was his protege and he took over for but the Rebels. third season of Rebels. Third season of Rebels. But uh, we'll see. I mean, Filoni has managed to really build his own his own good, solid team of individuals that he can trust. And a lot of them have learned from him since, what, 2008 now yeah, is when like Clone Wars, Wars launched. And we got to remember, Filoni is, uh, in many ways, a protege of George Lucas. So because of that, I feel like... I feel like Resistance is in good hands. And that's why even though we made a lot of jokes and <laughs> and we made fun of Resistance, the first trailer, relentlessly, I still have that faith because Filoni's name is on it. And I don't think he's going to say, all right, guys, here's this idea I have for a story. I'm very passionate about it because of my childhood in World War II because that's his thing. That's, those are his hobbies. And then he's just going to bail. I say, see you later. <laughs> see Produce you. shit for me with my name on it. I think he has too much pride in Star Wars. And that's, I mean, Filoni's one of the the precious gems we have left within Star Wars. Let's be honest. He's one of the the few that I feel really gets Star Wars and not just from the business side and from what you have to do for entertainment value and for your your target demo, but he also he he gets Star Wars and he understands the 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 passionate fan base because he is one of us. Yeah. So, it works. So I'm not, day, I'm not. He's still like he's still he's still that fan of George Lucas, and right. that's the important part. That is the important part. You got to have respect. You have some of these people that like Ryan Johnson, who has voiced in order to justify his own work, he has belittled the work of George Lucas. And I'm like, nice try, bro. <laughs> like you're really going to justify your mess ups by pointing out errors in the Godfather Lucas's work. That that's a man that doesn't get it. You don't make fun. Listen, we can make fun of them, but you also we're also not making Star Wars movies. If I was making a Star Wars movie, my jokes on Lucas would end because that's simply all they are are jokes. jokes. I, I highly respect Lucas. The guy's a creative is a creative force to be reckoned with. Let's be honest. Look what he's created. Let's jump into our next bit of news for today, which is uh, a big one and very exciting. This is something that we spoke about probably about two, three years ago, Dave, I want to say when it was announced, and I, we have not heard anything no. about it since then, so I had assumed that the project died, but luckily for all of us, and, and for the betterment of humanity, 
Vader Immortal will be a thing. Yes, it will. Now, there are some questions and some confusion <laughs> as to what it is. Uh, a Star Wars VR series, and it's titled Episode One. Yes, from what I understand, from what I understand, the whole thing is going to be kind of like uh, what Telltale Games is doing, where it's basically a story-driven game. You're you're essentially along for the ride, and you have to make decisions. Okay, is this a video game though, Dave? Because that's the confusion. Because when this was announced as Vader series, it was announced as a VR movie yes a vr movie where you are involved in the movie not necessarily a role-playing type game but you're in it like you yeah. witness everything you see it and the action happens around you oh yeah. you're almost like a fly on the wall that's how it was originally announced now it seems to be based on a lot of these articles that are popping up everywhere they are calling it a game and um the oculus quest VR headset is supposed to be designed for a new version, a new generation of movies and TV shows. That's how they want to start marketing yes. this. So we'll see. I, I don't feel like all of the, even though we had this huge press release, I don't think it's fully clear or it has been made clear as to exactly what it is. But what we do know is that it will be immersive. We do know yes. that it will take place between A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith, and we we will be visiting Vader's castle that we saw on Mustafar in Rogue One. Yeah, basically, to answer your question about is is this a game? Yeah, I mean nowadays uh, games like this do exist. You have tell as I said, Telltale Games with uh, Batman doing their uh, Batman series episode. Well, also they Walking Dead. The creators of this game. Um, David S. Goyer also was involved with uh, with making two prior VR games as well. Yes. So this is the third. This is but the third. this is the one and only one so far that's going to a mobile setup like the Oculus Quest, which the is Oculus essentially Quest. a headset that'll be three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Which which brings the question, Mike, because we all know your weakness. Will we have the opportunity to fuck Twi'leks? <laughs> no. Because but, I'm gonna I will be there. I will gladly spend you, you'll, the price of a thousand dollars. You'll put you the headset do on that already. Sam, can you send me the information, please, after the show? <laughs> <laughs> but will you put the headset on? Because remember, you've been the one person that says you hate things on your head. I hate things on my head, and I feel like it's going Unless backwards. you're Twi'leks. Unless you're right. Twi'leks. <laughs> By head, though, or by face? <laughs> it's on your head. Says, Listen, the general area, it all works. Just whatever. <laughs> Just whatever. So, yes, Dave, that's a good question. I have went on tirades. <laughs> where yeah, I Because yeah. I feel like it's dumb. I, I hate 3D, and I don't like VR. I feel like we're in the year 2018. We should pr probably be progressing towards less technology that requires things to be put on. Uh, especially with the with 3D, how the fuck are we marketing something that's 1950s technology that hasn't really changed all that much? It has a little bit in terms of what you can see and the depth, but in all honesty, side by side comparison, it's still just a 3D object in front of your eyes. And and they're asking us to put glasses on that came out in the 50s. It's kind of silly. 
with the VR, I feel like this kind of technology has been around for a very long time. I played a cowboy game in the 90s where it was literally VR. You put your face really close to the screen at the arcade. So, yeah. again, the technology for me has been here for so long. And all we're doing is getting what? Better versions of the same technology. It's oh, yeah. not actually anything new. And VR games graphics are atrocious. Yes. Always. They're just bad. That's it's, what that's what surprised me about the trailer, because the, the trailer, when you watch the trailer for Vader Immortal, you're like going, It looks pretty legit. It looks good. But what's it gonna look like when your eyes are right on top of it? And yes, we probably it's safe to assume for us to I think it's safe for all of us to assume that they're probably using 8K cameras for this type of work. I believe so. Um, I would have to look it up and, and bring that information with me on the next show. But honestly, that's the only good the 8K cameras for me would even matter at this point because I already feel like sensor size just keeps getting bigger. For what reason? Why? Our eyes can only see so much on a normal television, even if you have a 90-inch screen. So our eyes are only going to pick up so much detail unless your eyes are on top of it. So for VR series, like they're promoting here, I can see where these types of cameras would come into play. Now, the series will be called Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series. The title was officially unveiled at Oculus Connect 5 in San Jose, and the trailer is for the first episode in a three-part series. Uh, the executive in charge, Vicky Dobbs Beck, and award-winning writer, executive producer, David S. Goyer, made the surprise reveal together on stage. This is the press statement. Uh, we always look for opportunities to explore the Star Wars universe in new ways, said Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm. ILMX Lab? Is that, is that how they actually say it? Yeah, Lab is very excited to be working with David S. Goyer on a first-of-its-kind Star Wars experience, which allows fans to travel to Darth Vader's fiery, lava-ridden fortress and wield a lightsaber on his home turf. Our mission at ILMX Lab is to have fans step inside our stories, and Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series, represents a significant step forward in that ongoing quest, said Vicky Dobbs. Uh, executive in charge our friends at oculus share our ambition to bring compelling immersive narratives to life and using oculus hardware we will invite fans to experience darth vader as never before now the trailer is fucking exciting it got me going it got me excited uh vader literally looks at the camera and talks to you so we'll see i feel like there's a lot of uh information we don't quite have Wait, yet so what time period is it it's New Hope and uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. And so, you know what? So are we Star Killer? Because no, that would be no. awesome. The, no, the one thing <laughs> that's actually that'd be a great way to bring him back into canon. The yeah. one thing that's actually interesting is so uh, they actually pointed this out that apparently you play an Inquisitor. You know, like from the okay. Rebels. All right, that's, that seems so. Cool. You're one of the, his Inquisitors. Okay. Where, and now, where did you hear this from? I haven't seen this I'm yet. I'm looking at the article right now. Are you now. like 57th brother? <laughs> that's that's the thing. Is like I'm reading about the I'm reading about the breakdown of. Can we be Vader one of the Mortal? sisters? Can we be one of the sisters and we you can touch be our boobs? Buffy the Jedi Slayer. <laughs> you just yeah. want to touch your boobs. I just want to touch my boob. I want to see how immersive it really is. I want to see. I want to see what was underneath that armor. I'll ask permission first, even though it's my my avatar. I'll ask permission before. I'm like, is it okay to touch my boobs? But yeah, I'm yes, looking it's at, okay. And then I'm going to touch my boobs. I'm looking at a breakdown of David, Vader Immortal. <laughs> David, don't try to just brush over that. You know that's, you know that's a good idea. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. But yeah, I'm looking at the breakdown of Vader Immortal. 
and then basically also the synapses. Mm-hmm. Someone actually released synapses and actually mentions that you are playing uh, Vader's one of Vader's young inquisitors. We'll see, Dave. We'll see. If that's the case, then well, regardless, I'm gonna I'm gonna dump the money to get it. I'll just get it for the studio and, uh, dude, and call it a, a business cost. And remember, get it. remember back in when we were. When we were actually reviewing Rebels, we always had questions. Who the freak were the Inquisitors? Yeah. We only saw three of them. Well, they, they're covering it in the uh, the Sith Lord second Vader series that started, uh, what, last year, 2017? So they yeah. are covering that Inquisitor story a bit, but there's still a lot of questions. There, there was a, so many questions about that faction because we only saw them very briefly, and we only saw three of them when yeah. there were supposedly, like, what, seven? Yeah. Technically, we saw four. Because it was Grand Inquisitor, Grand Inquisitor, fifth brother, oh, yeah, seventh sister, and then unnamed bro who got murdered horribly. No, he just fell and died, right? Yeah, he fell and died because remember he ran from Darth Maul and basically his backpack exploded. I would not mind. I'm not going to complain because I would not mind mind getting more Inquisitor stories. Period. Because you know we know Filoni obviously is a fan of anime. He has said that. That's why he he's running with the Star Wars Resistance idea. But even you could see his love for anime with those characters. Those characters remind me of the seven devils of Timon from, yeah, Ninja, from Scroll. Ninja Scroll. Like they work so well. So and they're intriguing. So I feel like there's definitely room to have more stories. And if we can get a, an immersive story like the VR story, that <laughs> it's the actual uh series i guess that actually delves into their background that would be that'd be really cool. that's a dream come true that's awesome all right so let's go to a very quick break and then when we get back we're going to jump into some rumors that you probably can't trust get more star wars discussions every month with the back to tank patreon exclusive shows from Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. No. What? I would eat. We literally. We do not live in a third world country. I'm aware. You don't need to eat your best friend when they die. (laughs) And you don't need to find in your backyard. I would literally eat everything that I just listed off without a beat. If something is prepared in such a way that it is meant for human consumption. Okay. Is your backyard just a menu? Thomas, hold on a second. Better question. Andrew, if let's say there were seven or eight people stranded on an island. Mm Mm-hmm. There was no food, but what, there was like nine of you. Sure. Okay. And you decided that Thomas Cowley, who died, unfortunately, in the accident, oh, he, he didn't survive. Let's say you guys need food. Yes. And you it's found a, a way. Situation. Donner Donner party, you right? found a way to keep Thomas's body from decomposing, let's say. All right. Mm-hmm. Survivor one chose to eat his arm. Okay. Survivor two ate his legs. And all that was left <laughs> was a crispy dick. <laughs> You wonder why we're not going to be on air like syndicated. I would go for a kidney, a heart, or a liver. There's nothing else left. Literally it's, just it's a skeleton with a survivor. <laughs> survivors one through twelve picked it up. Picked, of the nine, yeah, you were the runt of the survivors. <laughs> 
all that was left was a meaty cock. It is an extreme situation. Okay, so we're going like a month, for three fuck's weeks to sake. a month yes. without food. Yes. <laughs> you just admitted you'd eat Thomas's cock. <laughs> In an extreme situation where cannibalism is not off the table. <laughs> for more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Even that part when he's going to look for it and you're in the middle of the stream and he takes a shovel and he's moving two top rocks with it and he's then he's kicking rocks and there it is. Yeah, you're telling me you buried this box years ago, Where right? It could flood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's what I was talking about when it comes to the the logic. Right. There's there's like even things that were just illogical thrown in this movie. I'm like, come on, I understand B because B there B movies, there's been some atrocious B movies, but the B movies is some of the cliches, some of the stereotypes, some of the over the top action of violence, some of the bad action. The sleaziness, but there's illogical decisions being made from a directing and writing standpoint. It has nothing to do with the actual movie per se. It's like, come on, you're telling me you couldn't have had a couple PAs say, hey guys, you know what? Today you're going to dig a, a deep hole about six feet deep. Please start digging, and then we're going to bury this box in there. How right. hard would that have been? <laughs> Listen up, cowboys and cowgirls. You can now listen to Weird West Radio every Sunday. Only on Rain Man Digital. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Welcome back, everybody. Star Wars from the Back to Tank. If you miss any part of this broadcast, you can always find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Just search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Also, if you want to listen to this show live on the go, anywhere you want to go, even if you're taking a poo, taking a walk, throwing the garbage out, whatever, find us within your iOS stores as well as the Google Play store, the Rain Man Digital app. All right, so Star Wars Episode Nine rumor teases an epic display of power from Luke. The internet is the wild, wild west when it comes to rumors. Things just thrown all over the place. However, this one's a bit interesting, and I want to kind of debate this with you, Dave, just a bit, okay. because we have obviously our own opinions that we've expressed. Anybody that has listened to the show longer than a few months knows how we feel about these types of things. Now, according to one of uh, eh, 
let's say, okay, a main source, let's say, a main source of criticism among the detractors of the divisive Star Wars The Last Jedi was the film's treatment of the franchise's most famed hero, Luke Skywalker. I, ha- I would have to disagree with that. I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with how they handled Luke. Most of our problems, Dave, has more to do with what? The, the, the story, writing. the story, the story itself. The writing. Yeah, it's it's a jumbled mess. Yeah. So with some viewers feeling that Mark Hamill's character didn't get the moment of badass heroism he deserved before he departed from the world of the living. <laughs> if you count yourself in this camp, then it might be some consolation to learn that Luke could finally get the epic send off you crave in the next Star Wars film, Episode Nine. While we already know that Hamill will be returning for the upcoming trilogy closer and most of us strongly suspect that the jedi will be assuming a force ghost form there isn't much we can confirm yet about the specific scenes he'll be getting however could offer some idea of what to expect from what may well be the son of vader's final film i have no idea what that last sentence means it makes no sense according to the outlet there could be a set so he's vader's son and it's his final film May well be the son of yeah. Vader's final film. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Thank you. <laughs> Grammar. <laughs> well, hey, I can't. You're rewriting an article uh, better than they actually wrote it because that's not how they wrote it. <laughs> According to the outlet, uh, there could be a set piece planned in the next Star Wars movie that recalls a passage from the official canon book Journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi. The Legends of Luke Skywalker set shortly after the events of Return of the Jedi, which is canon. The novel features an Imperial gunner on a Star Destroyer who recalls a frightening memory of the time he saw Luke use the Force through a hologram to down an entire ship. So using that, as well as various rumors that have popped up pertaining to Luke Skywalker and his potential role in episode nine, people are now scrambling, trying to gather all the breadcrumbs from the past, what, two or three years that we may see Luke do something pretty crazy. Now, we already know that old canon says that the four spirits have some pretty damn powerful abilities. Oh, yeah. Well, you saw it in Clone Wars. Even new canon, like Yoda just generally casually summons a yep. lightning bolt. Like, he doesn't force lightning. He's like, hey, weather, do a thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. I'm like, even in Last Jedi, we saw that it has been officially established, even in recent canon, that a force spirit can interact not just by talking, but physically with the land of the living, as we saw in Last Jedi with the use of lightning and Yoda even igniting the tree. Yeah, which is arguably more powerful than the Force Lightning. Yeah, yeah. If and you can throw, if you can shoot fire from the heavens or electricity and create that type of display of power, that's fucking big. In fact, that was one of my biggest takeaways from the Last Jedi because it was saying something about the power of the Force and where Yoda is at as an individual. That's something that we never have the opportunity to see in Return of the Jedi because Yoda had died. And suddenly we see Anakin, Obi-Wan, Yoda all hanging out at the Ewok village at the end. And that's the end of the story. And for that story, it works. I don't have a problem with that. But now that we have moved past that, there's a lot of questions about how four spirits actually do interact with the with the land of the living. 
And I think if they do touch on something like that, that's going to be answering one of the biggest mysteries as Star Wars fans we've always wondered about is kind of like it all started with Yoda basically saying, Obi-Wan, you need more training. Yeah. What is the one thing that we've always wanted to know? What the hell is this training that he underwent? Because he had to talk to his quote-unquote dead master, Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. who found a way to speak from the dead. And that was very, very glossed over it, in Revenge of the Sith. It's like, still glossed over, too. More dude. training you need. Yeah, more training you need. And that's or, pretty much all we heard. And, and, the, fun, and the thing well, is... nothing in Revenge of the Sith makes sense if you didn't watch Clone Wars. Yeah. None of it. None of it. And and on top of that, the one biggest mystery that even ties not just to Yoda, but also like Darth Plagueis was the one thing that the Emperor said. Darth Plagueis mastered something about being immortal. Yeah. Cheating death. Right. So, and I know some of that stuff has already been delved into when it comes to canon, old canon, but a lot of those things have been retconned. Yes. Um, yes. In Clone Wars, we have, uh, I believe, in the Lost Missions. Uh, the Netflix exclusive, uh, they explained. Dark Yoda. Yeah, they Dark Yoda. <laughs> they explained a little bit of uh, of Qui Gon's return, and they have also delved into other things in comic books about uh, what is it the uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Dave from Rogue uh, Rogue One, the guard the Wills, the Wills, Guardian of the Wills. They have already connected Qui Gon's ability to return from the dead to the Wills. So we'll see if they or to the priestesses, which is rumored to be connected to the wills. Wills. Now they're trying to bring that to the forefront. So we'll see what happens. But that's just a lot of ground to cover in episode nine. And when we already have, what, 15 cast members, we have a lot of story that must be covered in this final movie. That's allegedly or at least being promoted as the final installment of the Skywalker saga. That's there is I- a lot of story that must be delved into before before that movie before that movie ends. That's why my or, biggest based on what you read, it's some random gunner recalling a memory he had. It could just be Luke at the high of his power, just destroying ship through the like it might not involve four spirits at all. Yeah, it might. I mean, we have already seen Vader choke dudes through a hollow screen. Right. So we know that's possible. We we've seen Snoke do it as well in the recent movie. Yeah. So very ridiculously so we know these things are possible, but it's going to be interesting to see how it's done. I don't really want them to do a massive display of his power necessarily, just because I feel like I feel like one of the strengths of Last Jedi, and this is the positive, yes. Um, I feel like the strength of Last Jedi for me was the way they sent out Luke. Like I didn't have a problem with that. I felt like it was more conducive with the Jedi way and a man who has learned from his mistakes. He's no longer hot headed and he finds a way to to stall Kylo Ren and allow the the remnants of the resistance to escape while he um, toys with Kylo Ren from across the fucking galaxy. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, me and me and Mike. Uh, also, so Sam, he physically Mike, manifests things. Yeah. Yes. That's so fucking amazing. So, I don't want that's the my, that's my favorite part about Last Jedi. One of them. I, I feel like the parts with Luke were strong. I would like to have gotten more Luke. But hey, let's not cry over spilt milk, Green we, milk. What, or blue milk. Let's not oh. let's not cry oh. over bantha milk. Okay. So Sam, basically, like me and Forrest have always stated that basically, what Luke was able to do in Last Jedi is the most powerful thing we've ever seen. Which is I, you, in a movie, you manifest yourself from a different planet. Yeah, 
And every, it's funny because like a lot of Star Wars fans say, oh, that's ri- that, that, that's ridiculous. And they basically said Luke should be stronger than that. I'm like, going, how much How stronger much do-, <laughs> do you have to be? That's pretty fucking strong. To, to manifest yourself to another freaking planet. And just like what you said, manifest an object that and make it tangible and physical. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not just like ghosting his way. It's like, hey, here, hold this. Yeah. I mean, it's not actually here, but hold it. Yeah. But yeah. like, what's your thought on that as a Star Wars fan? I mean, I think the the two new movies have given us some of the most ridiculously powerful Force users we've seen. I mean, we've seen Vader like redirect laser blasts with his hands, right. <laughs> absorb them. Um, Elijah like redirect them with lightsabers. Kylo just freezes them in place. He's yeah. like, that's just gonna stay there until I get bored with it, and then it can move. <laughs> I love that part in Force Awakens. That was so dope. And like they they mention how like these. Like Kylo and Ray don't have this training because Kylo got like halfway through his training and Luke tried to kill him. Um, and yet they're still this powerful without being refined. Like if we have some stupidly powerful force users yeah. right now, yeah. people just are like ignoring it. Yeah, yeah people are people are ignoring it because they like, like Ray picked up force mind control after having her memory searched once. Yeah, she's able to actually look at a at a random person without any training and basically tell them what to do yeah yeah so i feel like if anything yes we have seen some pretty cool things but i think when it comes to episode nine the biggest thing they need to accomplish and if that means bringing a luke back and showing some type of display of power fine they have to flesh out what they introduced i feel like that's the biggest problem with the trilogy they introduce things but not they don't fully realize the thought so i mean and this brings up the next thing you know should obi-wan appear in episode eight I, that's a i lot. mean that's, that's something that a lot of people are pushing for and it, that seems to be a general consensus amongst a lot of star wars fans they want to see that obi-wan connection and honestly I i'd feel rather qui-gon ghosts than obi-wan ghosts i would Same here. we need some type of closure to Qui-Gon, something that they haven't managed to give us yet. Because he was also another really powerful Jedi. Yeah. That just kind of went away. So, we'll see. I know in about a little over a year, we'll see what's uh, going down. But all these rumors, Obi-Wan and Mark, Hamill, and what they're going to do and what they're not going to do, it's just a lot. The more these rumors pop up, the more I realize, man, there's just a lot of fucking moving parts moving into episode nine. And I'm hoping they can close it out in a in a satisfying manner. But you know what, Mike? The the takeaway I get from all this and the, all them talking about like the production and what's going on, it's a lot of force centric storytelling that they're they're saying that's gonna happen. Which is interesting because like in Force Awakens, that seemed to be what JJ Abrams was trying to get to. And then Rian Johnson came in with Last Jedi and said, no, 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 we're not going to do the Force storyline. Here's my story. And then J.J., because you got to remember, J.J. introduced Kylo talking to his dead grandfather through through that relic. And we have all of that. And I mean, the the last one did have, the last Jedi does have a lot of Force stuff in it, though. Not as much as Force Awakens. It had the dark side cave. Which led to nothing, though. But I think it's super important. Because the dark side promises things and then gives you nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's a good point. It, but it wasn't I didn't even think about that. It wasn't even important enough for Ryan Johnson to even know what it means. <laughs> yeah, it was, was important the... enough for Luke to almost kill another student. <laughs> yeah, but you, you probably missed this. <laughs> like bit he's of news. a bad teacher. 
you probably missed this bit of news, Sam, but uh, also that cave scene didn't mean anything to the director either, meaning he just made it up. Yeah. I mean, he didn't know what most of that movie meant. Yeah. So. Rhea Johnson apparently He actually Sam, admitted that. He just thought it was cool because it was an image in his head. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i hate ryan johnson i mean not, not because of some of the decisions he's made it's his movie but the fact that he says things like that openly like it ain't no thing like it ain't a big deal to us when we hear as fans that he had no fucking idea what that scene was he just thought it looked cool like good job bro way to understand your fucking story all right let's move past this let's jump in go home now i'm sad i know that's what we do that's what I, we do why here do you do this to people <laughs> All right. Well, you're going to have to get a little happy here because we're going to jump into your segment now and we're going to talk about Star Wars Destiny. Now, for those that don't know, this is a game uh, created by the gaming company Fantasy Flight Games, who is a leader in the industry. Would you would you say, oh, Sam, huge. would you agree with that? Yeah, they're, they're massive. Like they do the X-Wing game, um, which it's a, is that considered a miniature? That's yes. a miniature it's game, like a right? Halfway point. Like it's. It's like a good bridge between board games and miniatures because it gives you the it doesn't put throw you into, hey, now you get to build your things and learn these rule sets and deal with measurement things, but still more complex than a normal, a different feel than a normal board game. It's like a good halfway. And like you see X-Wing and like Barnes and Noble, places like that. So I think it's kind of in the public. The mainstream eye a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Destiny's there. A good comparison, though, for those people that because there really isn't anything exactly like this game that would be a good mainstream example. But you you had mentioned magic, and I, that's a good way to kind of sell this to someone who may not be involved in the gaming world and who wants to play a card game that's Star Wars related or Star Wars themed. Magic. Magic is a good way to point yeah, so, and say most people know yeah. that game. So you have your characters, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what do you play? Who are your characters you use? I'm using Ray. Using Ray? Anybody yeah. else? Uh, and Boba Fett. Ray and Fett, nice. You're a dick. Um, <laughs> legal? I, no, I don't use them together. I'm oh, just, okay. I, yeah, but the, <laughs> like, two, the two decks I've played is the uh, the villain deck that is Boba Fett, and then the hero deck that is uh, so like the deck Ray. I was running. I was doing Elite Phasma and two Stormtroopers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's a, that's what my son's doing, and it, it ends up being a pretty damn good, powerful, and powerful team to use so there's this massive spread of characters from star wars like you have ray and phasma you have luke you have han solo you have boba fett you have um all the all the big the big guns right yeah qui-gon's in it vader's in it palpatine's in it um eden verso's in it now the whole rogue crew's in it it's good stuff yeah um so you'll choose your your characters you want and these characters have a point cost so you can run like a bunch of cheap stormtroopers you can run some like you can run Palpatine and like the named characters have um, you can run normal or elite. And what that does is if you pay the normal points, you get one dice. And if you pay two points, you get two dice. And that's the biggest difference between this and magic. Well, not the biggest, but the outwardly the biggest difference is this game involves dice. So your characters give you dice to use your upgrades and your guns give you dice to use. If you bring in like um, an ATST for support, that gives you dice. And when you activate a card, you roll its dice into the pool. And these dice will give you resources, they'll give you um, range attack damage, melee attack damage, they'll give you results that let you take cards away from your opponent, and they, they become your resource. So you, you play your cards, you roll the dice in, and then you get to determine what you're going to do with those results. Um, so there's, there's a bit of a random element. So I, guess I it, like the random aspect I do too. a it's, lot. It's a fun game. Yeah. Um, 
and it's it's unlike magic where you do your entire turn, then your opponent does a turn. There's a back and forth. You do an action. So you might choose, I'm going to take this character, I'm going to roll their dice and all their upgrades in. Or you might decide, okay, I have enough dice in the pool. I like to get some damage out before I lose this character. I'm going to choose my range attack dice and make an attack with all the dice I have in the field. Yeah, I like personally how the turns can end like that. Yeah. Because it allows the other player not to get... Con- you know, get consumed with boredom because sometimes cause I played magic too. And sometimes if you have that, the like many of us, the issue of being, um, you know, ADD, you start to, your mind starts to wander a bit because <laughs> you're going through the entire turn. There's multiple uh, phases and in, in someone's turn on magic with this, you can end your turn after one simple roll. Yeah. You can be like, and I'm going to take the location and we're done. Yeah. So there's this, kind of bait there's this back and forth of how what are my primary actions i need to get off which ones do i need to try to get done or i'm about to lose this turn i'm just not going to do anything we're just gonna end it here and see if my next card draw gets me something i can use to win yeah and that's Um, what that sam that's one of the benefits of star wars destiny compared to other card games is like it's fast paced yeah it's a smaller i mean just off of the size of the game it's a 30 card deck and most like like Magic, sixty cards yep. in the deck. I think I don't know what even know what Yu Gi Oh is. I think Pokemon's like forty. And like e- a, even the old Star Wars CCG game was sixty. Was with a sixty card deck as well. Yeah. So you have a much smaller pool of cards to choose from. So you have to think more carefully what you throw in. More strategic. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then you can get a character killed in like one or two turns <laughs> without even really trying. Yeah. Like it definitely has yeah. that monopoly vibe in in the way that it can make you get angry. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then drop you of a in, hat, you're just angry. And like, you're not just using dice. Like, just like magic, your cards themselves have abilities. Like, if you play in Boba Fett, he has a bunch of gun dice. He has, which lets you do range attack damage. He has a bunch of, what is it, resources, I think? Yeah. But his ability says, after your opponent activates in a character, you can activate Boba Fett. Which at first doesn't sound that good. But what that means, if your character, if your opponent decides, okay, I'm going to take Ray and I'm going to roll her dice in the pool and activate her, I go, awesome, Fett's going to go. And now I'm going to take my turn after that. So you just get two actions in a row, one of which might just be Fett murdering Ray. Yeah. <laughs> which he might just He could do, do that with one roll. <laughs> with one roll. And yeah, because if he has like thermal detonators and a, another gun. Yeah. Yeah, you can. He's he's dirty. Yeah. I love him. He's a good. It's a good card. Um, I, I have to admit, I don't really play Destiny anymore. Not because I don't like the game. I love the game. But. If you listen to Game State, the show I'm on, I'm more of a miniatures gamer. You talk a lot about X-Wing. Yeah. So X-Wing. the, star, the yeah. stores I go to have a much bigger community for miniatures games and things like X-Wing. Yeah. And the card games don't really take off there. So yeah. I don't have the biggest group to play them in. So I didn't really get into Destiny. Like, I bought a few boxes. Um, And I loved thing, it. It was fun. Yeah. The good thing about this game is that they, they're not ending it anytime soon. No. It It is popular when the star, within the Star Wars circles. Correct. It may be difficult to find someplace local. I know I'm currently looking for a place to play this game locally with other individuals so that my son can start learning, you know, tournament style rules. And right. he's really interested in playing this game. But they have four actual starter sets right now. They have a Kylo Ren starter set. They have a Ray starter set, a Luke Skywalker starter set, and a Bobo Fett themed starter set. And what do they that, still have the two player set as well. They yes. do. They still okay. have the basic two player set. The thing that's that they do with that that I find a little annoying is that you are supposed to have the official rules is you're supposed to have thirty cards to a deck. 
the Star Wars, the official two-player version of this game. It's 26, right? 24. 24 oh. cards. And they say they even tell you, hey, you need 30, but you can get going with 24. And I do feel like it's a little bit of a money-making grab, obviously, it, to get I people. I would say to- it totally is, because um, when those two-player sets first came out, I was still a little bit bigger in the game at that point, uh-huh. um, more into it. And a lot of people were buying them because of the cards in them. They're like, oh, this is the easiest way to get these cards. Right. So they buy it, take those cards, put in the deck, be happy. That's yeah. usually, that's usually it, how card games go, yeah, it, it is a trading card game like Magic where you, you buy blind booster packs, you open up, see what you get. It, oh, man. It's, um, that's my, I love. Do, are they, you a fan of opening up booster packs? I love it. I like opening up a booster pack, and, and, and it's like gambling. You're like, oh, am it I is, get it's something gambling, good? and even if you don't get anything good, it's still super rewarding. It's a dangerous pit to fall in for me. It, yeah, it is. It's part I'm, of why I don't really play it, Magic that much anymore either, because I will spend all my money. It is, it is one of the, those things about like card collecting and stuff like that. Once you open a booster pack, I don't care who I get. It's what can I do, do with them? Do you smell the packs when you open them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I good. love that. Good. Um, you got to do that. On that whole blind thing, there's... So there's rarities of cards, and obviously your more rare cards are really good. Um, and there's a, they've done a weird thing with how they pack their boxes. Um, so like Magic has a totally random set of what's, every few packs will have a legendary, but you don't know how many of those packs will be in each individual booster box. Right. Fantasy Flight has a set amount that's in every box. You will get a certain amount of commons, a certain amount of mediums and there'll be like i think it's like four legendaries will be in every booster box right so there's a weird dynamic there where people tend to just buy the entire box because they know they're gonna get four and like the more the people who are interested in like flipping cards and like i'm gonna get the cards and sell them they'll see an open booster box and they won't touch it (laughs) at that point they won't know that there's four legendaries in there yes on the bright side, if you're just hunting for those legendaries, you can buy a box and know you're getting four. They might and not be the ones you want, but you're yeah. getting four legendaries. I, I mean, used to remember when I was actually big time in card collecting. That's the thing I would do is like buy boxes of it because guess what? I know I'm going to get this card. Yeah. yeah. And, and let's be honest. You're like gonna... That's part of when I dropped out of – that's part of why I never played Yu-Gi-Oh! Because the Yu-Gi-Oh! crowd that I used to watch play was like they'd open a booster pack and go, I lost money on this. It's garbage. I'm like, but you need that card. Yeah, but I lost money. What? <laughs> that's why. That's why I dropped out of Magic because, like, I was buying boxes of Magic, and then at the time, I'm like, like, why am I doing this? I'm wasting so much money. <laughs> Luckily, the uh, two player deck right now you can get on Amazon for nine dollars. It's yes. normally twenty nine ninety nine. You can find it on Amazon, brand new, for nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. That's how much I bought mine for. You can also find the starter sets if you actually go to Fantasy Flight Games website. The Kylo Ren starter set is out of stock but you can find them on Amazon for rather than the normal 14.95 you can find them easily for 17 bucks. I bought the uh, Kylo Ren for I believe 19.95 myself but I saw one 2 days ago for um around 17. You also have the Ray that's sold out currently as I had said but you can also find that one on Amazon. And to be like super honest if you buy like you play with your son. Yeah. If you have like one or two two people you play with mm-hmm. um you buy your starter sets and then you buy like one or two booster boxes and you can make, if you're willing to split that between your, your small little group, mm-hmm. you can make a bunch of decks out of that. Yeah. And oh have yeah. Fun. For like sure. if you're not going to tournaments and stores to be crazy, you can drop like a hundred on this and play for months. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I mean, easily. because the booster packs themselves individually, they're two ninety nine, and there are, 
uh, what is it, six, six sets of booster packs. There's one called The Awakening. Uh, the second is Spirit of the Rebellion. The third is Across the Galaxy. Uh, fourth is Empire at War. And the fifth, Legacies Booster. And then the sixth is Way of the Force. Way of the Force. That's the mm-hmm. one that I was thinking about. Yeah, and they're only two ninety nine for individual boosters. So like Sam said, Dave, it's very easy to start playing. Get a get a two player deck for nine bucks, buy a handful of boosters, and you can start building your sets. Oh, I'm already yep. I've already the funny part is I've just the past year, half year, I've started getting back into gaming and stuff like that. And Force of the Destiny is one of those ones I'm going, okay, I'll pick up like a starter set. Yeah. It's worth and pick it. up a couple boosters. The one that I want is the Luke Skywalker. I gotta find the Luke Who Skywalker. Who doesn't? Don't but, be a basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want Luke Skywalker? I want, I want the Luke Skywalker. I'm sorry. See, yes. I'm going for, um, I'm working on putting together a deck for uh, Afra, Dr. Afra, because she has some powerful fucking cards. And they released uh, a booster that has uh, BD-1, which is her, her astromech. That's a little fucking terrorist. <laughs> and then uh, her version of C-3PO, her uh, protocol droid is triple uh, zero. Triple zero. And if you have them in your deck, holy shit. The amount of nonsense you can do with that with that uh with those characters is pretty hardcore. But that's the cool thing about this game in general. If you have a favorite because I think a lot of us as fans, we want to be immersed in the world of Star Wars. That's the fun part of playing these types of games. And if you have a favorite Star Wars character, chances are they have a there, they no have Mara that card. They, well, is she technically? It's all canon. That's another thing. <laughs> it is, is, which is, is this, nice. yeah. Star yeah. Wars Destiny is canon, so you're not going to get uh, any of the old, if you played the CCG game back in the yeah. 90s, you're not going to have a lot of those characters because this is canon compliant. But you get Iden Verso, who's almost as cool. Yeah. 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 So I think everybody should check it out. Thank you, Sam, for joining us today. Also, you can give the Darksaber <laughs> to um, like anybody. Yeah, that, you have like Fett flying around with a dark saber. <laughs> All right, we must close out today's show. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Hello, this is Stormtrooper One, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com. Search BackTo, and that is to your favorites. Thank you, and uh, listen responsibly, and may the force be with you, and long live. Thank you for listening to From the Back to Take, and From the Back to Take is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas, hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotake.com. You can also find us on Twitter at from back to tank as well as facebook facebook.com slash from the back to tank <laughs>